Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. Heartbreak, shock, agony, devastation, confusion, rage. These are just a few of the emotions that flooded the hearts of millions of Israelis in the midst of an unprecedented terrorist attack this last weekend in the land of Israel. This insidious attack came almost 50 years to the day of their infamous Yom Kippur War in 1973. That was when Israel was attacked by Egypt, Syria, and others while they were in the midst of prayer and fasting on the holiest day of the year for the Jewish people, Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement. Last weekend's attack, it didn't come on just some ordinary Sabbath or ordinary Saturday, but but what is called Simchat Torah, or the joy of the Torah. Last Saturday was meant to be the greatest day of celebration on the Jewish calendar that happens every year. It's the culmination of their Feast of Tabernacles, or of Sukkot. It was meant to be a day of dancing and rejoicing and singing and praising, but instead there was wailing and mourning as bloodshed, death, and destruction filled their land. That same day, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu declared that for the first time in 50 years, Israel is at war. Israel was attacked by a terrorist organization called Hamas. They invaded by land, sea, and sky. They rained down almost 5,000 rockets or missiles on Israel. The Hamas terrorists literally went from house to house, massacring over 1,300 people, including the elderly, women, children, and even babies. If you've seen uh, some of the pictures, even literally chopping heads off of babies, it's awful. They burned alive mothers and children in their cars, those who tried to escape. Hamas has taken about 150 hostages back into the Gaza Strip. In this attack, 29, at least at this point that we know of, 29 Americans were killed. 16 Americans are still missing, presumed to be hostages in Gaza. Israelis are calling this slaughter the darkest and bloodiest day in Israel's modern history. It's equivalent to our 9-11 times 10. Proportionately speaking to the amount of people they have, I want you to think about that. 9-11 times 10. So you can imagine if 9-11 happened here in New York, the next day it happens in Miami, the next day in Chicago, the next day in Los Angeles, the next day in San Francisco, and on and on. Imagine 9-11 happening here for 10 days straight. Imagine what our reaction would be. Imagine what we would do. This is the largest murder of Jews since the Holocaust. Even though I was about 80% done with this week's message on James, uh, if you're new with us, we've been looking through the book of James, and, and uh, it's a series called Let's Get Practical, because James is the most practical book in all the Bible, and it tells us, hey, as a Christ follower, here's how you live, and we'll get back to that next week. But I'm about 80% done, and I just kept having this sense like, uh, you know, I believe it was the Lord just saying, we need to talk about this. We need to talk about what is going on in the world. We do not want to be unaware of what is happening in the world today. 
Because the reality is this, what happened there does impact you and I. It impacts our life now and it will impact our life in the coming days, weeks, months, and possibly years. Like 9-11 changed everything, this attack will change everything. So we want to talk about it. My question to you is what is your reaction and your response to the worst massacre in the modern state of Israel's history? Who is Hamas? What should we know about modern Israel? What should we know about the Arab-Israeli conflict? Should we even care? What does the Bible say? Is there any kind of prophetic angle with this or even just with world politics and what's happening in the world today? How should Jesus followers act and react in light of these recent developments and with what will be happening in the coming days, weeks, and months? How should we react with those that we interact with on a regular basis, especially those who don't look like us, think like us, act like us, or vote like us? These are just some of the questions that we want to address today. I wish I had time to put this message in about three weeks. I just don't have that time. I've tried, so this is going to be high level. I'm going to go as fast as I can, knowing I'm going to run out of time. And uh, next week, we'll be back in James. I do need three weeks to do it, but we're just going to high level. There's so much more behind everything. So let's keep diving in. So first, let's make sure that we all understand that the Jewish people are God's chosen people. Now, why did God choose them? Deuteronomy chapter seven tells us it's not because they're some great people. They ch God chose them he, and he loves them, Deuteronomy seven. He tells us he, he, they're his people because he made a covenant with Abraham. And so God loves the, the Jewish people. They are his chosen people. And yet there's hatred of the Jews throughout the world. Why? Why has there been hatred toward the, towards the Jews throughout history? Well, the biblical answer is that the devil or Satan hates and seeks to destroy everything that God loves. That's his desire. So you could say on a spiritual level, you could say on a spiritual level that all hate for God's people has at its roots the devil's desire to destroy the people of Israel. So anti-Semitism is really from the pit of hell itself. We've seen Jewish hate throughout history. Egypt, they wanted to destroy the Jews when Pharaoh ordered the murder of all the Jewish males, the baby boys in Exodus chapter one. Ancient Persia sought to eradicate the Jews through the wicked plot of Haman in Esther chapter three. You had the Babylonians, the Assyrians, the Romans, and other empires who throughout history sought their destruction. Recently, in this last century, you had Adolf Hitler and his final solution in which he massacred and murdered six million Jews in the Holocaust. And now, you have Hamas committing unthinkable atrocities against Jewish men, women, and children, even babies. There is no moral ambiguity about what took place this last week. It's pure evil. In spite of all the Jewish hate throughout history, God has continued to preserve his people. Even though 
they haven't had a homeland or a nation from 70 AD all the way up to 1948. I want you to think about that. For 1900 years, the Jewish people did not have a place they could call home. They did not have a homeland. They did not have a nation. And yet God still preserved them as a people. Are there any other peoples in the world who lasted 1900 years as a people with no place to live? No, it's the miracle of God preserving his people that he has kept them to himself. And even though they were scattered throughout the world, God kept them and preserved them why? Because God said, that's what I'll do. I will preserve them. And he preserved them. Jesus said, uh, the reason they were scattered is because they would not believe in their Messiah. But God told us that in the last days, he would restore them once again to have their own land. Ezekiel chapter 36, Isaiah chapter 43, Amos chapter 9. It says, God will restore the fallen house of David. God promised it would happen and he said in the last days they would once again be restored. How did that restoration happen? Well, the United Nations in 1948 sought to partition the land of what we might call Judea, Samaria, or even Palestine, whatever term you want to use to refer to the Jewish ancestral homeland. The United, Nation, the United Nations wanted there to be a, a, a Jewish state and an Arab state, not a Palestinian state, because prior to 1948, there was no such thing as a Palestinian. In that land, there were Jews who lived there, there were Arabs who lived there. The land itself was called Mandatory Palestine. The Jewish people who lived in that region, they accepted the partition. The Arabs who lived in the region did not accept the partition. In fact, no Arab nation accepted the partition. When Israel declared itself a nation, a sovereign nation, the next day, or that May, May 14, 1948, the very next day, virtually every Arab neighbor attacked Israel. And they had the stated goal to completely wipe the Jews off the planet. The Jewish people miraculously won that battle with all these countries coming against them. Why or how? Because God clearly told us in the last days. He said, I will regather my people to the land. I will restore them to the land of Israel. This regathering of, of God's people, the Jewish people to their ancestral homeland, it, from a scriptural perspective, it's really like the super sign that, that kicks off the last days. It's God's prophetic clock. Once they became a nation, that's when you would start to see the beginnings of what would truly be the last days. So in many respects, you could say that you and I are living in a time that no one else has ever lived in, where we are truly in the last days. But hatred towards the Jews continued. Just 19 after, years after they were founded as the modern state of Israel, on June 5th, 1967, Egypt, Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, and Iraq attacked. And as President Nasser of Egypt said, we're attacking to completely destroy Israel. But by miracle, they survived again. Shortly after that, an Arab League summit was held in the city of Khartoum in the country of Sudan. 
The Arab nations or the states that were present there, they issued what, has be, be, what became the famous three no's regarding the Israel, people of Israel. Three no's. They said there will be no recognition, no peace, and no negotiations with the people of Israel. They said, we will never recognize Israel's right to exist. We will never form a peace agreement or have a peace treaty with Israel. And we'll never negotiate with Israel. The three no's. With that in mind, let's talk about Hamas for a moment. The people who attacked Israel this last week. Hamas is a Palestinian militant Muslim terrorist organization. They are Palestinians who, we call them Palestinians. They're the, the, you know, the descendants of the Arabs who continued to live in this land of Israel after 1948. Hamas, the terrorist organization, does not believe Israel has the right to exist. They happen to be the ruling party or the government of the two million Palestinians who are living in what we call the Gaza Strip. The Gaza Strip is a piece of land that Israel gave full control and full authority to, to these Arab people who live in the region, these what we now call Palestinians. They gave them that land in 2005 for the exchange of peace, desiring peace, wanting peace with the Arabs that we call Palestinians in the region. All Jewish people were removed from Gaza at that time in 2005. Many of the Jews were literally forcefully removed by the the Israeli government. The Israeli government said, we will give complete authority and control of this area of land to the Palestinian people. Not a single Jew has lived there since 2005. And unfortunately, Hamas is the ruling party or the government over, the, over their people, the Palestinians. Hamas has made life miserable for the Palestinian people these last few de- decades. Hamas, for example, they fund, a lot of aid from the United States and other countries goes to the Palestinian people. Hamas takes that money, they funnel that humanitarian aid towards building things like their terror tunnels of which they have about 300 miles beneath Gaza, even going into Israel. They take that money and they build weapons and bombs and, and all that type of stuff rather than use it for their people. If you read the Hamas charter, you will see exactly what their intentions are. The um, Hamas charter calls for the complete destruction of Israel. Let me just give you a couple of the articles. Article 17 says, the Zionist movement must disappear from Palestine. Article 20, Hamas rejects any alternative to the full and complete liberation of Palestine all the way from the Jordan River to the sea. That's the whole area. Article 25, resisting the Jews with all means and methods. All means and methods is a legitimate right. Now, until now, the world has not really believed the rhetoric. Oh, they're just saying that and, you know, know, they're trying to, you know, be a good ruling government. But hopefully now, the world will take notice and see how evil Hamas, not the Palestinian people, but the government, Hamas truly is, and they mean what they say when they want to destroy Israel. 
Their charter says, we will not sign any peace agreement with Israel. We will never agree to anything. They want Israel wiped off the face of the planet. That's their goal. So here's the question. How do you negotiate with that? How do you negotiate with somebody when that's their goal? And now they've proven what their intentions really are. Instead of seeking peace these last decades, the Palestinian and Arab nations have sent, uh, the leadership, these terrorist organizations, have sent wave after wave of suicide bombers into Israel. It got so bad upon the people of Israel and they were living in fear that they decided we have to do something about it. They built a security wall for their own protection. By the way, once they built that wall, suicide bombings in Israel dropped by 95%. And of course, the world looks on at Israel and chastises them for building this wall for their own protection. Hamas and Palestinians, they use, those in the West Bank also, they use a different part of Israel. They use curriculum that teaches their kids to degrade and they dehumanize uh, uh, the Israeli people and, and even children. They are literally teaching with their curriculum, some people have said, the next generation of terrorists. They even do things like teach little kids how to, they literally teach them how to uh, behead teddy bears as part of the curriculum and more and more, and I don't want to get into all of that. But as a side note, here's something you need to think about in your own life. The curriculum our kids are taught and learn in school matters. It matters. What kids learn today in our schools will become policy in the next generation for our country. You would do well to pay attention to the curriculum that is being used in our Elk Grove Unified School District right now. I can tell you this, it is becoming more and more antagonistic towards biblical values. Right here in our school district, we don't wanna be unaware of that. We would do well to vote people in to the school board and, and positions of leadership in our community who have biblical values or at least similar values to those that we are trying to teach our kids. So this week's massacre by Hamas woke up the Israelis and hopefully the world to who Hamas truly is. Israel's hand has been forced here and they will seek to neutralize Hamas for good. I think about, when I think about the kids, I think about what Golda Meir said. She was the fourth prime minister of Israel. And she said this, we can forgive the Arabs for killing our children. We cannot forgive them for forcing us to kill their children. We will only have peace with the Arabs when they finally love their own children more than they hate us. So, why is Israel, why is Jerusalem, the city, the capital city of Israel, why is it such a big deal anyway? Why is it always in the news? Why is this being talked about all the way across the world? It's always a topic of conversation. Why is this tiny city in a tiny sliver of land the size of New Jersey, why is it a topic of discussion on the world stage? Well, for one, the Bible predicted, prophesied thousands of years ago that in the last days, events would revolve around the land of Israel and around the city of Jerusalem. Events in the last days would revolve around Jerusalem, not San Francisco, not Los Angeles, not New York, not London, not Berlin, not even Sacramento. It would be Jerusalem. 
Jerusalem, a tiny city and a tiny sliver of land would be the focal point of the last day's events. Zechariah chapter 12 says it this way. It says that Jerusalem will be a heavy stone or an immovable rock for all people and all the nations will gather against it. Now, as we think about the last days and, and, and the world coming against Israel, against Jerusalem, there's going to come a point specifically in the last days that Ezekiel chapters 36, 37, and 38 talk about. And it prophesies, Ezekiel prophesies that in the last days, Israel would be restored to their land and that they would have their land once again. It also speaks of in the last days, there would be this large force, this large army, if you will, or military that would attack Israel from the north. That force is referred to in the passage as Magog. Now, who is Magog? We don't know with absolute certainty, though most people, scholars and whatnot, believe that it's most likely modern day Russia. Ezekiel also prophesied that Magog, let's just say it's Russia, it may not be for 100%, but most people think it is, Magog or Russia, Ezekiel says, will have an alliance also with a few other nations, an alliance with Turkey, an alliance with Persia in the last days. Persia is the modern day country of Iran. Who's Iran? Iran is the world's largest state sponsor of terrorism around the globe, according to even our own State Department. Iran, according to the Supreme Leader, the Ayatollah in Iran, their stated goal is that they want to annihilate, to destroy Israel, which is why it'd be insane that any country would choose to give Iran money when they're the largest sponsors of terrorism around the globe with the desire, the stated goal to eliminate Israel. Right now, Iran attempts to destroy Israel. The way they do that is they use these proxy organizations, these proxy uh, terrorist organizations, such as Hamas in Palestine or in Gaza, and Hezbollah. Hezbollah is in Lebanon, which is on the northern border of Israel. Uh, Hezbollah, there in Lebanon, they have 140,000 missiles from Iran that are trained and set on Israel. Catastrophic to think that what could happen if, that, if something comes from that. So the Bible predicted in Ezekiel chapter 36 through 38, over 2,600 years ago, that in the last days, Magog from the north will attack Israel and that it will attack with its allies, including Turkey and Persia or modern day Iran. Here's what's interesting, Russia, has never had a military alliance with Persia or Iran until now. Russia is now selling its uh, missiles to Iran and the Iranian government is helping Russia because the Iranian government has weaponized drones that Russia is using in the Ukraine war. So if you're tracking with me, Iran uses its proxy Hamas, Hezbollah and other terrorist organizations to fight against Israel. And Iran is now united with Russia. 
Russia's even worked with Hamas, re, uh, with Hamas recently. The Wagner Group, if you've paid attention to Ukraine, the group that goes in from Russia into Ukraine and does battle there, they've trained Hamas militarily. Also, recently, President Erdogan of Turkey has chastised and condemned and rebuked Israel, saying it's violating human rights. Also recently, there was an arms deal with Russia and Turkey for anti-ballistic missiles. When Ezekiel wrote his prophecies of how specific nations would gather together, Russia, Turkey, Iran, none of those nations in Ezekiel's day were united. They've never been united until now. Ezekiel let us know that in the last days, those nations would be united together in the end times. So any aggression by Iran or, or Russia towards Israel in the coming days, weeks, months, and years ahead, man, that's something we want to pay attention to. In fact, Iran just this morning said they threatened Israel if they go into Gaza. And that's something that actually should be very concerning to us. So here's the question, what do we do? What do we do with all this information? What do we do with what's going on? How do we act? How do we react to what's happening? I mean, what does this have to do with us over here in Outgrove, California? Let me give you some thoughts. Really, this is the most important part of the message, the last little bits we're gonna talk about. What do we do? First and foremost, let's be prayer, prayerful. Let's be in prayer. I, I wanna encourage you to be praying more than you ever have. Pray for the peace in our own country, but pray for the peace of Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, you have Jewish Israelis, you have Arab Israelis living close together, interacting together, and there's all this tension that is boiling up now more than ever. So pray. And in fact, it's not just my suggestion to you that's like, oh, okay, pastor says we should pray. God talks about it. In Psalm chapter 122, it says, pray for the peace in Jerusalem. And those who pray for peace in Jerusalem, it says, may all who love this city prosper. So we wanna pray for the peace in Jerusalem. We wanna pray for also for the Jewish people there and the, and the Israelis, the Palestinians who are there. We also wanna pray for the Palestinians, those here in our country, those who are our neighbors, and especially those who are there in the Gaza Strip because they suffer greatly under their leadership, Hamas. It's been said that Israel uses its bombs to, to protect its people, but Hamas uses its, its people to protect its bombs. And it's true. They literally use their own people as human shields to protect its bombs that they're using to try to destroy Israel. They truly do not care about their own people. Hamas, even now, is trying and preventing its own citizens from leaving Gaza for this attack that will be coming from Israel, most likely. So pray for the Palestinians. They are literally pawns in Hamas and Iran's efforts to destroy Israel. Pray for a great spiritual awakening in the Holy Land. Pray for Jewish people and Palestinians and Arabs and everybody there. Pray that they would come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. God said in the last days, Zechariah chapter 14, I will gather all the nations to Jerusalem to fight against it. Listen, there will be great suffering in the last days. 
Massive suffering. If you want to know more about the last days, we did a series on Revelation last fall if you were here with us. I'd encourage you to check it out if you were with us and if you weren't with us. Go re-listen to what happens in the last days. There will be great suffering, but if you remember from the series, there'll be great revival as well. People in the last days will turn to Jesus on an unprecedented level and they will get saved. So let's be the people who pray that to happen. Let's be in prayer. Next, let's be informed. This propaganda war is what's going to shape public opinion around the world in the coming days, weeks, months, and years. There's the military war, but there's the propaganda war. Uh, Just recently, I took a picture of a sign that was on the wall in a men's bathroom in a school. I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, someone I know, uh, that I know very well, and I went to them and I, and I said, man, I took this picture in the men's restroom. And it was sad. I mean, this is something that shouldn't be in a men's restroom, but it was, but it's the nature of California now. And, uh, and this person, I, was, I took the picture and I showed it to him, and they said, I don't believe that's in the men's restroom. I said, what do you mean you don't believe that's in the men's restroom? He's like, no way. That's from the girls' restroom. I said, no I took that picture in the men's restroom. I went to the bathroom, I turned around, I was there, I took the picture. The person who loves me, cares about me, we're friends, they trust me, they did not believe me. It didn't cross my mind, oh, you know what I should have done? I should have taken a video. When I was walking in, there's the women's restroom, there's the men's restroom, I walk in. What distinguishes a men's restroom from a women's restroom other than the foo-foo colors and the couches? What's the one thing that distinguishes them? The urinals, it didn't cross my mind. There's the men's urinal, there's the sign, there's the urinal, I didn't, it didn't even cross my mind. I illustrate with that to tell you, even when information is true and real, people will deny it. Public opinion will be shaped by the propaganda war coming. We wanna be informed. I don't have time to get into all the details. Let me just give you the one nugget you need to help you as you see what's coming your way, when you talk to people and what's coming our way, when you watch news, all that kind of stuff. If or when uh, Israel goes into Gaza, there's gonna be urban style warfare, there's gonna be a lot of casualties, it's gonna be awful, it's gonna be difficult. They're gonna go you know, street to street, room to room, house to house, and it's gonna be awful. There's gonna be booby traps and and explosives and, and, and landmines, everything set by Hamas. There's gonna be high casualties for everybody, including, unfortunately, civilians. And this is what Hamas and Iran want. Sure, they want Israelis dead, but you know what they really want? They want dead Palestinians, why? Because dead Palestinians will result in TV coverage and photos and videos of the collateral damage against Palestinian women and children. They want that out there, why? Hamas doesn't care about its own people. They could care less about their own people. They want it out there because they want Israel to look like monsters, even though it was these monsters who attacked them. They want that out there, why? So that the world will be sympathetic to them and their cause. At the moment, Israel has the sympathy of the world, but I can tell you this, the world will turn on Israel shortly. The supreme leader of Iran, the Ayatollah, he's hoping the results of all that's happening right now, he is hoping that the Arab world will back away from their recent support of Israel. Think the Abraham Accords, where you've had some Arab nations in Israel coming to some peace together. 
What was literally happening right now, if you pay attention to world scene, behind the scenes, Israel and Saudi Arabia were just about ready to enter into and have a peace agreement. If that happened, it would change the face of the Middle East. Where do you think those talks are now? They're stalled out. Ultimately, of course, Israel or, or Hamas, Iran, the supreme leader of the Ayatollah, they want Israel eliminated and annihilated. To get there, they want to isolate Israel. They want the whole Muslim world against Israel. They want the whole world against them, but especially the Muslim world. And they're using Hamas to accomplish their goals. And Hamas uses its own people to accomplish their goals. So just be careful of everything that's out there and all the fake news, be informed. But above all, what I mean by be informed, ultimately what I truly mean is that you get your information from the Bible, that you would choose to be in God's word. It's sad, so many of us will spend more time on our phones and watching TV than we will in the word of God. I wanna encourage you, the best way you can be informed is to be in the word. Let God fill you with his word. Let God give you his peace, no matter what happens in the world. Let God give you your confidence. Let God be the one who encourages you and inspires you. Let God be the one to show you as a Christ follower how to live and how to act and how to react when no matter what happens in this world. Let God show you what it looks like. Not only that, as you're in God's word, you study what does God say about the last days? Again, we talked about it. Maybe you become more of a student of what's happening in the last days so that you're not deceived. Next, let's be encouraged. Psalm chapter 121 says this, that he who watches over Israel, talking of God, will neither slumber nor sleep. And man, if you know anything about the history of Israel and God preserving his people, you know that's true. No matter how bad it's gotten for Israel, God has always been with his people. He has preserved his people, even though most of them don't believe in Jesus, the Messiah, as his son, as his savior. The ultimate encouragement, even though we know God's hand is in control and has Israel and will to the very last days, because the Bible tells us that will happen, but our ultimate encouragement for you and I should be in what Jesus said. Jesus said in Luke 21, when you see the events happen that are a part of the last days, because he was talking to them about the end times. Jesus said, when you see these things begin to take place, man, stand up and lift up your heads because this means your redemption is coming soon. It means when you see the last day's events start happening, man, your redemption, salvation, Jesus is coming soon. So be encouraged no matter how discouraging the world may be. Jesus will return. So above all, above all, above all, let's be more like Christ. Let's be Christ-like. We have moral clarity now that we haven't necessarily had in the past. Hamas made it clear what evil truly looks like. And we are going to be tested in the coming days, weeks, and months. And Israel, as they go in to destroy Hamas, then the videos and the images that are gonna be shown across the world, it's going to, I can tell you, anti-Semitism will ramp up. The devil wants that. He wants the hatred towards the Jewish people. You're going to see massive demonstrations in the United States, pro-Hamas, pro-Palestinian, throughout our major cities. In fact, it's already happening. Perhaps your coworkers or friends or neighbors, they're gonna not even come up to you, confront you and say, hey, are you like one of those pro-Israeli nut jobs or something? Like you're gonna have conversations with people. You're going to be tested and how successful you are at handling all that has to do with how much time you spend with God. 
how close you are to the Lord. And so my challenge to you is be more Christ-like. Raise the spiritual bar in your life. No matter where you're at, raise it a little bit. Read the Bible, you read the Bible, read a little more. You don't read the Bible, get in the word of God. Raise the bar with your serving. Raise the bar with being connected to other believers. Raise the bar with being an intentional influencer with your faith, pointing people to Jesus. Man, this is a time more than ever where you're gonna have an opportunity to be kind to those who are different than you, to be a blessing to those who you interact with who are very different than you, especially if they come from other religions. Talk with them, engage with them in conversation, be a blessing to people, be the light of Jesus to those you come in contact with. Raise the bar and seek to be more and more like Jesus. So devote yourself to God, love God and love others. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, almighty God, we know from your word that you're in control. And God, we know that in the last days, there will be difficult times, challenging times. God, we know there'll be even a great deception that comes that even has a potential to, as your word says, to deceive the elect. So deception will come war, famines, so much will be coming, God, as we looked at that last year. But God, our hope and our faith and our trust is in you. So God, we pray right now, we pray for the, for the Palestinians, for the Jewish people, for all those who have and will suffer greatly through this time, God, raise up people who will be a blessing to others, who will be a relief, who will be the hands and feet of Jesus, God, do miracles in the midst of suffering. God, I pray for leaders across the world that cool heads would prevail, God. Give wisdom, give people the ability, God, to, to, to have this, God, finish off and be done sooner than later. God, do miracles with world leaders. But God, I pray for this body, this body of believers, God, that we are people who would be fully devoted to you, that we'd be more like Christ in everything we do. God, this is a wake-up call for us. This is a reminder to us that what matters most is that we love you and that we love others. So God, our hope, our faith, our trust is in you. And so therefore, God, we will praise you. We will worship you. We will adore you with our whole life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org. If you are ever in the Sacramento area, we would love to see you in person. Events and service times can be found on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us for our next episode.